TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, let's head right back out to the phone lines right now on the Extra Point Show on WGR. We will have Bills head coach Sean McDermott in a little while, but I know a few of you have been on hold. Friday football here, Football Friday on WGR Sports Radio 550, presented by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, and Eric in New York's waiting patiently. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you, and you're on the air. Hey, what's going on, Sal and Joe? So I apologize in advance if this issue has been broached before on, on the show, but I just wanted to ask you, if the Bills end up in the seventh spot, and that's a very possible scenario. Um, and by the time they play Miami, we will know, right? Miami will know if they play the Bills again the following week. They'll know this because the game will be, it's the last game. So will Miami consider maybe not win or, you know, not trying as They would only know, wait, they'd only know if they were to win that would happen. Like it wouldn't be predetermined Miami, before kickoff, you know what I mean? Right, correct. So, okay. But Miami will know if that's we right. win... Buffalo is coming back here again. To the Let's say that's an correct. Out. Miami will know this. Yep. So my question is, is it more beneficial and more advantageous for the Dolphins to beat the Bills and play the same team again that's been giving them such a hard time over the years or play a wounded KC team on the road? Like, that's a very tough scenario for the Dolphins to be in as well. What, what, a, what a prize, right? You get the two seed and you potentially play the Bills again. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking... Is it possible the Dolphins just kind of let the not let the Bills win, but don't put it all out there just because they don't think it's a, you know, what 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 are they thinking in that scenario? I, I, I've thought about this, to be honest with you, Eric, and mm-hmm. I agree. It's a not envious scenario for the Dolphins to think about in that regard. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to what I said about the Baltimore Ravens, Joe. Yeah, the, you, you go out to win. The most I think you, you do if you're the Dolphins, and you said this, I think, like if – if Jalen Waddle is fifty fifty, mm-hmm. maybe you I you 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 go to the side of caution with injured players. You know, I, I wouldn't. Man, I'd, actually, I don't know. Even before I say it, like if you're the coach and you do this, I think you have to wonder about like how players react to it. I was about to say, man, like maybe if you get down twenty in the fourth quarter, maybe you give up on the game sooner. You know what I mean? Like we'll pull Tua with eight minutes to go. Instead of two, because you know we got a game next week. But even saying that, I wonder if McDaniel would feel like I still can't do that because those guys in the locker room are going to know I quit on the game. That's right. You have to consider all that. I agree with you. I think they're already in a position where if a guy is really iffy, 
they might have to back off because they know their season extends beyond this week. Right. So Waddle's a great example for this. And he hasn't, pra- if, he hasn't practiced two days in a row. So let's just say they think he might be able to go, he might not. You have to think if you're Miami, if we put him out there and he injures it again and reaggravates it, what good is he the next week in the playoffs? We may, we already in. It's not that we're giving it to the Bills, but we have to think about that because we want him fully healthy for the next round. I like the thought, Eric, but the chances of them doing any sort of yeah, let's not worry and let the they're playing for a championship. They're playing for the two seed. They're playing for teams to come back to Miami, whether it's Buffalo or anybody else. Because the other prospect is, even if they get the six and go to Kansas City and win, they're back on the road, maybe to Buffalo. They don't want to do that either. So I think that would be something they'd have to think about. Let's go to Ryan in Charlotte. Hi, Ryan. You're on the Extra Point Show. Hey, guys. Good morning. Happy Miami week. You too, buddy. Hey, Sal. So I uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you tweeted out about uh, Jair Alexander uh, from the Green Bay Packers a couple of weeks ago. And, I uh, dude, tweeted on the video that was posted on him and his suspension, I believe. Yes. Dude, you had me rolling when I asked you about how does one crash a coin toss. Yes. And you were just like, yeah, you can just crash a wedding, show up uninvited. So <laughs> right. That was probably one of the funniest things I think I've ever interacted with you on in a while. I got it, man. Um, Thank you. But, but, brother, listen, I have one thing to say, and this is kind of just like uh, kind of like a vibe check going into Sunday. I think, I think if you're a Bills fan, you have to feel good no matter what happens Saturday. And here's why. I, I think what it took for the Bills – it's just to be here, just playing for a number two seed, let alone a division, are, based off of where we were six, seven weeks ago, people were, myself included, were down. Like, we were not convinced that we were going to be competing, let alone drafting outside of the top 20. So to be here now, to, to be playing on the Joe Brady and the new OC, waiting on this injury report, you have fans in droves taking over Hard Rock Stadium, buying tickets left and right. This is a Bills home game, and I think if you set the tone early going in, I think you nailed it on the head. I think Miami starts pulling their starters going into the fourth. I think they already know, you know what to expect going into the playoffs, not trying to risk any more injuries. I think this is a game for Miami to lose, not so much for the Bills to win. And aside from any doomsday scenario, I think all the Bills got to do here is just go in, play their game, stay healthy, and, you know, I think we look at another AFC's championship. You got it, man. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Clover in Texas before we get Sean McDermott on the air. Go ahead, Clover. Hey, Sal. Thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year. You too. You too, Joe. Um, I had a question. So if the Steelers win and we lose, we have the same record, right? So why would they get in ahead of us? Is it just the, like, division record? I know this answer. Because someone asked me and I looked, I believe I know this answer. It's common opponents. That comes into play uh-huh. before conference record when it's two teams not in the same division now. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I was wondering that. I was like, why would they get in? Okay. I well, think it would be sense. three and two against two and three with common opponents, Joe, if I'm right. I think I looked at this because someone asked and I was wondering the same thing, Clover. I think that would be they didn't play each other head to head. So you right. go the next, I think the next one is common opponents now, which by the way, has changed over the years. It used to be conference record immediately when you're talking non-division teams, and then they move conference uh, common opponents ahead of conference record. Okay. Well, wasn't that time when we had the playoff drought and and we the Chargers had beaten us and we got in ahead of them? Yeah. Right. Was what was that? What was the scenario then? Because in that scenario, I think if I remember, 
I got what happens right is you have to – the Bills finished higher in their division, and it was a three-way tie, and one team got eliminated. So I, I think – or go ahead, Joe. The standings from that year had Bills win tiebreaker over Baltimore based on strength of victory. They won the tiebreaker over the Chargers based on a better conference record. So, there you go. That was conference record back then. Yeah. And by the way, okay. in your scenario, I know conference record isn't the, 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 the next tiebreaker now, but the Bills would, in your scenario, the Bills would have a better conference record than the Steelers. Wow. Okay. And then if, if I can real quick, so I heard you talking yesterday, was it the Tim Benz uh, on uh, about the Miami's down, uh, like their fall in production on points? Yes. Like, is, is it just how, like, they talk about how revolutionary the offense is with that speed. Is that is that type of offense not really sustainable, like, for this type of time of year? Like, when, you know, all their speedy guys are kind of hurt, and it's more so, like, all the teams kind of, playoff-ready teams have that stout defense and, you know, not so much of that speedy style. Um. Say that one more time. Ask me again. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. Go ahead. Like one in, more time. In terms of like style of play in the playoffs. Yeah, like you know, they talk like at the beginning of the season. They talked about how it's like a track meet, you know, with Tyreek Hill and Waddle and and um, Achan just so fast. Like, but is that like it doesn't seem like they're able to be so fast right now, right? I, yeah, so that's kind of their their strength, and it's not really working out right now. Is that why they're? they're I don't know. They're off with points. They're called a finesse team, and I do think that gets said where if you're a team that's built on speed, you're going to get a lot of, well, you're not physical enough to win in the playoffs. And I don't – I mean, how physical has Kansas City been on offense in the in past years? I'm not saying that's the reason Miami has kind of faded late in seasons like this, but it it is something, right? Like something is causing them – maybe it is film. Maybe it's teams figuring them out as a season goes on. Maybe it's just the way the schedule sets up where they have tougher games at the end and they had easier games at the beginning. Either way, I think the my thing on Miami isn't the way they the style they play. It is why does it disappear when they play the good defenses? Because they're averaging yeah. less than twenty right. points a game against teams that are in a playoff spot right now. Clover, I want to tell you, I screwed this up. Let me go back here. I apologize to everybody. It's actually division tiebreakers where common opponents comes in before conference now. It's not non division. I knew one of them flipped. So if you're tied in the division, it goes basically for a, for a um, for a wild card. If you're tied within the division, it's head to head, and then you go within the. Let's see. Then you go common opponents. I believe. Let me look at this again. I'm reading this. Give me one second. Uh, division is division record. Head to head division record. Common opponents and then conference record. If you're tied with a team outside your division, it's head to head. Conference record, okay. common opponent. So why is it Pittsburgh? And why would Buffalo have over Pittsburgh, Joe? So is that a three-way tie? Is that why? Because a three-way tie brings in more scenarios and and, and tiebreakers. I let me see. If I go to the ESPN playoff machine, so what? What do we want to do here? We want to put the Steelers in for a win at ten and seven, right? We want to put the Bills in for a loss, so they're ten and seven. And no, what is your scenario? You're asking here. I think we're all screwed up now. Clover. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. If they end up with the same record, why would Pittsburgh get in ahead of us? Would they? I don't even know if they would. What are the standings now? No, they would. They would. They, they would. They would. And that's because oh, sorry, conference I, record. They have a better. They, that's Pittsburgh, what it is. Pittsburgh has a better conference record. If my if that result plays out, conference record six yeah. and five, 
Buffalo six and five. Yep. Because Pittsburgh would win a game and Bills would lose a game, it would flip one more win this for them, is, one more loss for the this, Bills. By the way, there you go. The thing right. we're exploring. My apologies on that. By the way, I screwed that whole thing up. So please just go back and erase all that audio. <laughs> the thing we're exploring no, here is what? Why do the Bills miss the playoffs? If we already know the scenario, right? If the Jaguars win and the Steelers win, the Bills have to win. Why is that the case? The reason that's yeah. the case is because Pittsburgh and another AFC South team would have a better conference record than the Bills do. That's why. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was always confused because they're like outside looking in yeah. and, you know, and then it's kind of confusing because we're... Well, they're, they, have, they're, they only have nine wins though right now and the Bills have ten. Right. So they why. have to win a game when the Bills lose just to be tied. But then there's still that whoever's in the seventh, which is what, the, the Colts? So it's like they okay, have a better they have a better conference record. Yep. The, the yeah. The bottom line here is Clover. The Bills put themselves in this position because of their conference yep. record this year in conference games, right? I mean, that's yeah. why they're in this position. We got to go. Sean McDermott's coming up here, yep. Clover. Thank Appreciate you. your phone call. Thank you again. I, my, my apologies for everybody listening. I I knew that common games went over conference record, but that's actually in the division. We'll get to Bills head coach Sean McDermott right now here on the Western Hotline. You're listening to Buffalo Bills Football Friday on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. Now, here's Sal and Joe with Coach McDermott. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Kaleida Health, the official health care provider of the Buffalo Bills. By Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. And by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Bills head coach Sean McDermott joins us right now on the Wester Hotline. Good Friday morning, coach. It's Sal and Joe. How are you? We're doing great here. Hope you guys are as well. And again, happy New Year Year to everyone out there. You as well. And obviously it was a a good New Year, a good New Year's Eve for the Buffalo Bills last week over the New England Patriots. So hopefully you got to enjoy your night uh, a little bit more because of the victory, obviously. We did, yeah. It's always nice to win um, and just be around the family a little bit and a chance to see my parents who came up for the game as well, so that was that was great also. That's awesome. Great to hear. Coach, let's talk about injuries for this game. Uh, your injury report is pretty good-looking. Only one player limited yesterday. That's Tamar Hamlin. Everybody else, everybody else full. Do you expect anything to change as far as going forward this week? Anybody declared out for this game as far as any injuries? Yeah, no one will be declared out. Uh, Mitch Morris will miss practice today due to an illness. Uh, everyone else will uh, practice in some capacity uh, in a few minutes here. Sean, with Josh, he shows up. We have the neck injury, obviously, at the end of the game we all know about. And then right finger injury is what's listed. I think that kind of caught some people by surprise. Any concern there with uh, his right finger in practicing this week or the game on Sunday? No, he'll be he'll be ready to go for Sunday night. In terms of injuries in general, Sean, this is such a talking point that we ask you like every week early in the season. Um in terms of your team at this point in the year, I mean, it, it impressive from like the training staff. Like, what I guess, what words would you use to describe the fact that the team had been so injured and there are still guys out long term like Milano and Tredavious White? But it feels like you guys are pretty healthy for it being this time of the year. Well, yes and no. I mean, I feel like to your point, we've got that what you said going on with with the Milanos and the Tredavious Whites and. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, and guys that uh, you know are still coming back. You know, you got Vaughn and, and whatnot. But I would agree. I mean, it's been a great team effort with what the players have done, with what the medical staff has done, um, and just how how the players have worked their tails off some of these guys to get back to where um, they're in a position to possibly help us on Sunday night here. 
Sean, you mentioned Von Miller, um, coach's decision to not play last week. He was essentially a healthy scratch. Um, you know, how has he responded to that throughout practice this week? And you know, what do you see going forward as far as Von Miller is concerned? I think he's in a good spot. I really do. Um, he handled it like a true professional, and um, he's had a, a great week this week. Um, been very urgent in his approach and. I'm anxious to see how today goes as we head into the weekend. There's been a lot of talk and questions about Stefan Diggs' usage, lack of usage, production. Um, when you watch him and how he performs and what goes into all of that, what are your conversations like with Stefan, keeping him as engaged as possible, I guess? Not that he's not, I know that. but uh, Or even with your offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, and you even saying, you know, you you got to have maybe your number one receiver being a bigger part of what you do. Well, there's going to be times when, you know, just what the defense does or just through the quarterback's progression where it doesn't end up that way. But I think communication is the key, right? When there's a gap, you got to communicate and you got to try and bridge that gap in terms of making sure we're doing everything possible to integrate, um, you know, in terms of using every every resource we have, every every weapon we have. And, and that's at the end of the day when, when an offense is going to be their best or for any matter of that team. Sean, it's obviously a massive game in, in general. We'll see if it means playoffs or not uh, on the line, but we know it's for the division. And we've already seen some like ticket sites, and you know there are uh, different sources out there that are saying that maybe the Bills could have even half the crowd on Sunday. And in past games that you've been a part of where Bills fans have kind of you know at least taken over a part of the stadium – what what to you has kind of been the impact of that? Even beyond, like I know some teams have even said in the past they've had to go to silent counts when they're the home team. Well, we're prepared for that. I mean, when you when you've been around Bill, Bill's mafia, uh, like now now I have for better part of seven seasons, seven years, you you've experienced uh, some of exactly what you were just talking about discussing. I mean, from the first year we went down there into the season in 2017 to. Uh, multiple uh, games on the road, and uh, we don't expect any uh, this situation to be any different. Uh, Bill's Mafia always shows up and, and is a big-time factor in being the 12th man of the game. Sean, there's, this should be your seventh night game this season. That's wild. I mean, you ever think of a you know when you're coaching, getting into coaching, and I don't understand now the TV situation is a lot different, but seven night games in one year, that's pretty wild, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and the older I get, uh, the later it gets, right? <laughs> Uh, no, we listen. We embrace every opportunity to go out there and and compete. And uh, this is going to be a uh, a high level game. I mean, both teams. It, it certainly has meaning to and uh, in the division. And and we're looking forward to the challenge. And obviously, a, a, a familiar opponent as far as the Miami Dolphins for many years, but for especially with you here, you know, coaching in Buffalo and going against uh, this particular group. Now, they've had some changes over the years, but you're pretty familiar with their personnel. They're familiar with your personnel. How much can really change, even given injuries or question marks, in just knowing what they do, right? I mean, is that what it is? You're a division opponent. You kind of know what each other does at this point, vice versa, you and them. Probably so, I would say that. I mean, they've got a good coaching staff. Uh, Coach McDonough does a phenomenal job, very unique, and um, he's high level in terms of what he does and how he does it, and Certainly the speed. I mean, we know we know them. They probably know us as well. And and so you know, really the the focus for us is getting our level of play where it needs to be. Sean, both James Cook and Deion Dawkins get named to the Pro Bowl this week. Cook, kind of a breakout season for him. And Dawkins. So on both of them, but on Dawkins, I feel like this is a couple years in a row now where he's starting to get accolades and. Sometimes with linemen, I feel like it can take longer for them to be appreciated nationally, but it does feel like that's starting to happen for him. 
Well, it does take some time, and, and normally it does take time. You kind of get on the scene for a year, um, and then the next season you followed up with another good year, and then you finally uh, hit pay dirt, so to speak, and on something like this. So it's great to be recognized when you're doing things and uh, right and playing at a high level, and super happy for, for James and for Dion and, and some of the other guys that got recognized and, and honored with the uh, with the Pro Bowl recognition. So I honestly felt like we should have had more, but – um, you know, I think that's that's part of the uh, little bit of the chip on your shoulder mindset. Sean, we know that whatever happens Saturday and then Sunday before your game impacts what might even be on the line or not on the line for you Sunday night. But it's also it's for the division. We get asked a lot about from fans. Well, what if you know the Steelers wind up losing and the Bills are going to be in the playoffs by then? How much does that change? I mean, I would impact. I would expect it doesn't because you're fighting for a championship no matter what happens before you. That won't change uh, anything for us. Uh, our mindset is on that game and that game only, and uh, whatever happens, happens. We're prepared to, uh, again, focus on the pieces we can control and getting our level of play and coaching uh, to the highest level we can. Sean, safe travels down to South Florida, and we look forward to talking to you next week, and we hope we get a chance to do that next Friday. Thank you again. All right, man. Sounds good. Have, everyone have a great weekend. All right, you too. Sean McDermott, Bill's head coach right there. Bill's center. <laughs> Excuse me, Mitch Morse is not going to practice today due to an illness. Everybody else will practice, so I guess we'll stay on top of that, Joe, and make sure. I yep. mean, the the Patriots had a couple of guys declared out because of illness last week. You just you never know with those things. So hopefully, Mitch will be okay, and today he'll you know get back after it and tomorrow and get on the plane and be okay. I'd uh, I'd imagine he'll be he'll be he'll be good to go. Who was it? Was it uh? Was it Ross Tucker, maybe? I think it was either Ross Ross Tucker or Eric Wood. I'm getting my former Bills linemen that are on the station every week mixed up. But one of them said last week when talking about like illnesses and like wh- whether you play or not, like especially if the stakes are high, there is no there's nothing that's gonna stop you from getting out there. Like IVs mm-hmm. and whatever you gotta do. So I'd fully expect that, yeah, Mitch Morris will find his way onto that field on Sunday. And it feels like the Bills are other than even Sean said it, right? Milano and White, like the the long term guys are out. But in terms of it's in terms of guys that are available now, they're all going to be available. Did you take his answer about Von Miller to think he's playing Sunday? He said he's in a good spot. Um, like I, I understand the question I asked was how did he respond, and he said he's in a good spot. It, but yeah. it also kind of almost came with a feel for me like. He's good, like he's going to play. I, I'm, I'm just interpreting. I have no idea. It could have been when I heard it the first time. My, I didn't, I didn't feel like I picked up on whether he'll be active or not. I feel like it could still be, it could still go either way on that because good spot could be. At the same time, we've had you know the conversations have been had, and mentally he's in a good spot, knowing that this is the situation, um, and that he's not you know, he's not leaving the team or you know pouting about it. So I do feel like that could mean a couple of different things. I I might predict that Vaughn's going to be active on Sunday, but I still feel like there's a chance that he won't be. Just reading this, uh, let's see, where is this from? Maybe the Buffalo News, I think, and I want to give credit because I didn't realize that uh, Matt, Matt Milano uh, spoke about his injury uh, for the first time. And according to this that I'm reading here, and I want to make sure I got this right and who it came from, but it looks like it's from the Buffalo News, so I'll try to mm-hmm. tweet it out because I just ran across this. Uh, he says he sustained the – we all know he sustained the injury in October. He said, okay, 
revealed he sustained a fractured right tibia just below the knee, but there was no damage to any knee ligaments. That's fantastic. No, no, no ligament damage, but obviously still out for the year, Joe, not able to come back. Right. Could not put any weight on it for about eight, eight weeks, excuse me, yeah. and then continued to rehabilitate at the Bills facility. He expects to have a normal offseason of training. All right. Well, that's good for that's good for thinking about him for for next year, right? Especially, don't expect him back this year. That's um, not going to happen. Apparently, from Sean McDermott, who has said this. But anyway, this was from the Buffalo News and Ryan O'Halloran. By the way, is the person who who wrote this. I want to give credit okay. where that came from. I want to make sure. But that's the quote from Matt Milano on his season-ending injury. And I have seen Matt lately on the sidelines at home games, mm-hmm. and he's not walking with a like a boot or a brace or crutches, mm-hmm. which is obviously great news. Yeah. They also have done a really good job. They've done as good of a job as you could have imagined at replacing him, right? Be- right. Beyond like trading a first for some star linebacker, um, this is about as well as it could have gone. Where it took a few weeks, right? They had Dorian Williams in there for a little bit, and then Dodson was in there and was playing okay, but he was really getting picked apart in the pass game early. And now we've arrived later in the year where. Everyone kind of knows their role, and Dodson's played really well, and Poyer moves down there when they need him to for those pass situations. Dodson, I mean, take pro football focus grades for what they're worth. They're not a complete story, but he's their third overall linebacker for the season. As far as? Just overall linebacker grades. Just in general. PFF? PFF. He's the third best linebacker in football by their grading. Oh, oh, over in the NFL? In the whole NFL. Like okay, I, but, but, I, no, like, but I, again, I'm not saying I'm not saying I think yeah. he's that good, but he's still. Even if you want to say okay, they might be over exaggerating it in some area of his game, I it's still you could still have the point of he's been better than you might have expected. Here's the issue I have with that: is Terrell Bernard ahead of him? Because he damn well should be. I mean, that would mean he's either the best or the second best. <laughs> and I'm not uh, trying to doubt the it. season that Dodson's had, but yeah. I think Terrell Bernard's been so fantastic this season. Yeah. I mean, another part of that, too, is I wonder if his grades are inflated because he doesn't play third and longs. Right. That, that, yeah. Okay. That's a great point, which is when he came in, Joe, they had him on third down passing situations and teams attacked him. Yeah. Not as much anymore for what he's being asked to do when he's on the field. I can see that. Whereas Terrell Bernard has a lot on his plate as a middle linebacker. He's playing three downs. He's not going to make every play as clean as possible. When you have a chance just to play first and second and running downs, you have a chance to be a little bit more dialed in and make those plays as opposed to every, everything else on your plate. Yes, I, I think so. And and two, on you know the coaching staff, right? Like, yeah. As the season's gone on, they've probably allowed Bernard or, or felt more comfortable with Bernard having more on his plate. Right or in terms of matchups of who you're covering, you know whether it's the running back or the tight end or maybe sometimes it's a slot receiver, you know maybe leaving Bernard on his own a little bit more because they think he can handle it versus Dodson. I, I don't want to take cr- too much credit away from him, but it does feel like when they need to isolate Dodson or insulate, I should say insulate Dodson when they need to insulate Dodson, they've been able to do it. Where versus Bernard, Bernard showed like, hey, you don't need to insulate. No. He's at six and a half sacks this year at middle linebacker. How many did Tremaine Edmonds have in his entire career? I think that number was five. Now, Bernard, they can blitz him. They don't. They didn't do it with Tremaine a lot. When he did it, he actually wasn't bad at it. Right. 
but they didn't do it a lot. They liked his rangy, you know, body in the middle of the field. They, they would have Milano if they ever blitzed Correct. a linebacker. It usually was Milano. Wasn't oh, it gets it? me excited about next year with that those two guys at linebacker. Yeah, thinking about Milano for his and entire Bernard. Bills career, it was six and a half. Same thing as Bernard has this year. Yeah, the same the same number. We'll take a timeout. Patrick Hammer on the South Florida weather for this weekend. When we come back here on WGR, tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. TV in the studio here, they have a question on first take. Could Nick Saban retire? I didn't even think about that, but I guess he could. He's 72. He looks great, by the way, 72, and still a fantastic coach. But it got me thinking about Alabama coaches. Mm-hmm. Joe, did you know, did you realize one of the Bills' assistant coaches used to be the Alabama head coach? What? Mike Shula. Mike Shula, who's a senior offensive assistant for the Buffalo Bills, son of Don Shula, was Alabama's head coach for four seasons, 2003 to 2006, in wow. your in your wheelhouse here, in your time period. Yeah, but man, I do not remember that at all. Well, he was 10 and 23. <laughs> at Alabama? Man, that's not great. Um, he did end up with a winning record in, the, in uh, college, though. Maybe he was somewhere else before that. I got him at 26 and 23 as his overall record. Well, he was 16 and 0 somewhere because he was 10 and 23 there. I don't know. He no, it's the only. This could be wrong, I guess. Too. Okay, maybe I'm wait, or unless I'm looking at. Hold it on. Right. I don't think so. Unless is that conference? Let's see. Where oh. is Mike Shula for Alabama? Games coached. All right, hold on. This is riveting. I'm looking, riveting radio. Right. No, no, but, but I'm looking at. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I think I look at games coached. He maybe was, not. That's right. Is he 49 and 10, or is that what his record was? It can't be. No, I got him at 26 and 23. Okay, I don't yeah. know what I'm looking at here. I got 10. I don't know what the 10 is there. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is You know this? what it is? What? The, here, the stupid NCAA. The stupid, stupid, stupid NCAA. 
They do have them at 10 and 23 because they vacated oh, wins. Oh, that's right. The stupid vacated wins that don't, aren't right. really. They, they did actually happen. And they had the, but they didn't. I hate it. I hate all that. We just wasted three minutes because the NCAA had to take. Why? For what? Was it what they did really that all bad? All the things that are legal now. All right. By the way. I hate, the, I hate it. Anyway, the whole point was Mike Shula, who's a Bill senior offensive assistant, was the Alabama head coach. While I'm hot, 15 G- years give ago. Reggie Bush his Heisman back. Yeah, I Come agree on. with you. We got Pat Hammer back. We missed him last week. Let's get to him. Break it down. When you need to know what to wear, is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? What to prepare for? You are about to find out. Here's Sal and Joe with your game day forecast with Channel 2 weatherman extraordinaire. Here's Patrick. Have a time. Pat Hammer joins us on the Wester Hotline. Pat, we missed you last week. Thank you for giving us Kevin O'Neill. He was fantastic. Yeah, you know, I I don't offer him up to just anybody. So, you know, uh, you uh, you had a uh, an elite uh, team member uh, join you guys, and I'm glad he was able to be there for me. Uh, sorry for that, but uh, hopefully Kevin led you the way. Yeah, he did for sure. We were just talking about vacated wins in college football, as you probably heard while you're waiting on the line there. And then I said, you know, they were doing stuff that's actually legal now. What about for a meteorologist? What if NIL existed when you were going to college? Would you be making some money off NIL as a meteorologist? Wait, NIL stands exactly for? Name, image, likeness. I mean, you are on TV now. They can make money. They can make money. They can't get paid, but they can make money to basically endorse things because your name, your image, and likeness. Yeah. My name means as much then as it does now, which isn't much. So I don't know if I would have been able to succeed at, at USC making any. But then again, people, that's all people do at USC is seem to make money. So uh, but back in the uh, early 90s, late 80s, when I was there, it was a little bit different, of course. Did you see the picture that was floating around recently of Caleb Williams in his it's like high-rise apartment? It just, it, just, it just smells funny, the whole thing. I don't know, you know? Um, but yes, I, I and, and and he's he's declared right. I think Joe did he officially declare? Yeah, I think he probably did. But yeah, I mean it just goes to show you, and it's all legal now. It's like yeah, you wouldn't put that picture out twenty years ago because no. you'd get your Heisman taken away, like Reggie Bush, right? But now it's like yeah, look where he's living. Yeah, name image likeness, baby. It's all good. Well, when I was at USC, it was the year of uh, Rodney Pete and oh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Todd Marinovich. Um, and I just can't imagine that the, Marinovich would have been able to make a, if you remember his story, yeah. uh, would have been able to make a fortune probably. Um, but then his father probably wouldn't have allowed it. But anyway, um, it's just, yeah, crazy times back then and uh, how different it is now for sure. Uh, by the way, the reason that Mike Shula at Alabama had his wins vacated okay, here we go. was because students and slash players used their books and tuition scholarships to obtain textbooks that they shouldn't have. Some were given to friends, some were obtained to sell, oh and that, that was it. It was textbooks. Oh, my God. Textbooks. The Alabama textbook scandal. We all remember it well. Jeez. Okay. Wait, Anyways, we, you move. found a scandalous way to get the information that you need to study. Yeah. And to, to, to <laughs> right. final exams. Right. How dare you? And to, sell, and to sell your textbook to somebody... To make a little money on the side, because instead of giving it back to the bookstore, selling it back, wild, right? And now he used and, to do. And now wait, wait, wait. And then did you hear Matt Rules coaching in Nebraska? His quote, like a month a month ago, I don't know if you heard, heard saw this, Pat. His quote basically was, "Yeah, if you want a really good quarterback now, it costs you a million five to two million. Oh my gosh, 
<laughs> crazy. 22, crazy. 22 Alabama players found in violation of getting extra books, which was an oh. unfair advantage gained by being a football player. Terrible. Sorry, not 22, 22 athletes. Eight, <sighs> eight football players did this, and they vacated a ten, all 10 wins of a 10-win season. That's amazing. I apologize for Mike Shula giving him the vacated record. He deserves all those wins back. Pat, we got a lot of Bills traveling down to Miami, down to South Florida, as usual. People are tweeting out pictures. They're going to be hanging out. Elbow Room is the big uh, Bills backers bar down there, amongst others, I believe. But right there on A1A, I've seen it. It's crazy down on Fort Lauderdale Beach. What are they in for this weekend as far as weather, if they're heading down tonight or tomorrow morning? Yeah, seeing some of these pictures of packed airplanes with Bills fans. It's just so awesome. All right, so if you are heading to uh, uh, South Florida, it is going to be wet uh, tomorrow. Uh, Well, there's going to be rain. Believe it or not, the same system that's bringing us some light snow over the weekend, the same system, believe it or not, is connected with the rain that's going to be moving through Florida over the weekend. Uh, The rain will be probably north of Miami Saturday, but it will be approaching. So there will be some rain showers, maybe some thunderstorms in the afternoon. That's Saturday. Sunday, there will be rain in the area. However, this front should clear the stadium by kickoff. So we are expecting a dry game, despite kind of wet weather, potentially before the game or during the day Sunday. But by kickoff, it'll be dry temperatures in the mid to upper 60s and the humidity will be gone. It's going to be kind of humid with this rain. Um, the, the humidity is going to exit out of the area, too. So I think it's going to be really, really comfortable as well and dry. What about wind? Any wind? No, not much wind. A little typical breeze. But no, the, the front will have cleared the area. So um, would there be a little bit of a breeze with that? Yes, but nothing that uh, is going to cause any issues whatsoever. Florida. I, I will say, I got to. We got to talk about though, real quick at some yeah. point in this conversation, the weather that's going to affect other NFL games potentially. You go right way. ahead. What do you got for yeah, us, go man? Ahead. Okay, so Baltimore, it's going to be soaking rain, rain maybe mixed with like ice pellets. Whoa! Temperatures in the mid to upper thirties. The weather looks awful for Ravens. Great uh, equalizer. Uh, the think, weather. I think that's I think that's a so. good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. It could be. So that. That's a 4.30 kickoff Saturday. The rain may taper by the second half or the end of the game, but right now the weather in Baltimore, upper 30s with rain and maybe ice pellets. Um, mm. Sounds glorious for the uh, Steelers uh, Ravens. Also, uh, for whatever happens with uh, our game Sunday, if, my, if, if, of course, if Miami loses, which we expect, right, um, mm-hmm. they would have yeah. to play in Kansas City. Yeah. Is that right? Yep, yep. that's right. Yep. The weather there looks very cold for next weekend if mm-hmm. they were to have a matchup. So Miami would be playing in unfamiliar environs uh, if they had to travel to Kansas City. When hopefully we win and we have a game hopefully at home next weekend – the weather pattern setting up for next weekend could be a snowy one. So there is uh, the potential there uh, to have some weather impact back here at home, which is not shocking given the time of the year, but it's just something that we're watching as our weather pattern really begins to ramp up over the next uh, week to 10 days. While we're on all the hypotheticals, what do you know what it would be like in Miami next week if the bills have to go right back there? 
Um, I will say, you know what? That's the scenario we just don't want to think about. Right, <laughs> so right. I, 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 I can't. I have not looked. That's I fine. will say, uh, I kind of just blocked that that possibility out. Um, but of course, if that's the case, we'll we'll revisit that opportunity uh, next week. What is is Florida kind of has a, a reputation of like things can just change on a whim, weather wise, right? Right. Right. Why, why is that? Well, it's more. It's more, and, and, and Sal will tell you since he lived there for a while, it's because you get more thunderstormy weather, meaning uh, one area is pouring rain, whereas 10 miles away it's not. It's, you know, it's kind of similar to kind of like our lake effect. Their weather there can be very localized. Okay. Um, pouring rain here, sweltering hot there, and that's just the nature of kind of a tropical weather environment. Um, or you also get sweeping cold fronts that move through there. And that, that doesn't happen all that often in Miami, but in this case it will. And that means, you know, temperatures in the 70s, humid and wet Saturday by Sunday night, it's going to be incredibly comfortable and dry as that front has moved through. So that's kind of why the weather changes in South Florida. It's more like spatial. Mm-hmm. It's like region by region, not necessarily hour by hour. Jeremy's down there now in Florida. He's in Naples playing golf for the weekend. That's yeah, nice. I heard about. But he's not. But he's not going to the game, right? I think I. Nah, I don't think he's going to the game. But he's be, he's yeah. debating every minute that passes. I feel like he's more and more open to it. So we'll see. By the time Sunday night but happens, but just being down there, you know yeah. how you know yeah. you just kind of soak up the energy whether you go to the game or not. You know. Did we cover d- d- in, like what it could be like the day before or even like today for Bills fans that are already down there? Because I yeah, a lot tomorrow's going to be wet. A lot of them went yesterday, so like tonight, yeah, we're good too. Yeah, well, the, that that front is kind of heading in the direction, so okay. I think we're good tonight. It's it's basically tomorrow and Sunday. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, is it going to rain all day tomorrow? No, but there's going to be rain kind of moving north to south. And uh, there will be periods of rain uh, tomorrow, and especially on Sunday. But again, if you're there and you're going, it will be dry by kickoff. Pat, I say this both personally and professionally. We really hope to talk to you next week in previewing weather for a game. And if we don't, I'm just going to show up at your studios and just want to sit down and chat with you guys anyway. You're going to want to sit down and cry, I know. Also, Reggie. Cry, I know. Also, Reggie. Let's. Sorry, I look forward to our chat. I, I, I just was going to say, we, we we are talking next Friday. Okay. I'm, let's just put that out there. And, Reg, and Reggie Bush did have his Heisman back, right? Did he, did get, he get it back? back? No, he didn't get it back. He, he should get it back. He should, he get, should it back, get it back, right? Though, right? right, Pat? He should, absolutely. Yeah. You never had taken away. He probably, he probably took a uh, economics book ha! or an AP calculus book. How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Good to have you back on the show. We'll talk next week. I know it. Okay, good to talk. Uh, go Bills. All okay. right, you got it. Pat Hammer on the Western Hotline. When we come back, let's take a minute to just look around the other possibilities and games that are happening in the NFL in Week 18 with the playoffs on the line for several other teams. All right, real quick here before we wrap up, there are other implications with other games going on, especially we haven't even talked about the NFC. Dallas clinches the division with a win. Philly gets it if Dallas loses and Philly wins. In the South, it's really interesting. If Tampa wins, they're the division champion. If Tampa loses and Atlanta wins, Atlanta is the division champion. Mm-hmm. If Atlanta and Tampa both lose, well, I guess they're playing New Orleans, so anyway, if Tampa loses, it's Atlanta-New Orleans for the division. I guess that's the best way to put it. And New Orleans-Atlanta matters to who will pick second overall. 
Oh. If New England and Washington have the same record, which they do right now, so if they have the same result, then the winner of Falcons Saints actually decides who has the number two pick because the second tiebreaker for draft order is strength of opponent. The New England opponents this year are and one the easier strength gets the higher pick. Yes. The New England opponents this year are 142 and 130. The Washington opponents are 141 and 131. Wow. A one game difference. So I think it's if New Orleans wins, then New England picks second. If Atlanta wins, the Commanders pick second. It won't matter because I think New England's beating the Jets. I think so too because Belichick is going to yep. want to go out yes. beating the Jets, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think New England beats the Jets and it won't matter. Which, by the way, could push them down to like six or seven in the draft, which would be great. Yeah. And by the way, I discovered this yesterday. This is a weird year for this. Maybe it's even more exaggerated than ever. But there's a scenario where if Atlanta wins and the Jags and the Colts make the playoffs in the in the AFC, that Sean McDermott will be the only defensive minded head coach that makes the playoffs. Wow. The I, only one. We talk about this a lot, but how many defensive-minded coaches are in the NFL comparably? It's it's definitely less. It's like, we looked this up before. I think it's like 11 or 12 okay. right now. Even more than I thought. I thought it it might, might be, it might, don't, don't quote me on that. It might be less might than might be that. 9 or 10, I thought. All yeah. right, and then also, Green Bay is in with a win. They win, they're in. If they lose, Seattle gets it, gets it with a win. Yep. If both lose, Minnesota gets it with a win. Don't let Minnesota in, please, with oh. Sharon Hall. I, I want know. I want Green Bay in. Jordan Love is exciting to watch. Yep. I I want him on Wild Card Weekend. If Green Bay gets in, real quick here, that would be what eight and eight. I'm sorry, eight, eight, uh, nine and eight. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. And right now, that would mean playing the Cowboys, Packers, and Cowboys on Wild Card Weekend. That's a good game. You've got big brands. You've got traditional markets, and you've got. Again, Jordan Love is a better quarterback than the other guys. Have a, have a great weekend. Maybe we'll see you down in South Florida. Safe travels if you're going. Enjoy the games this weekend. Bills, Dolphins right here on WGR. All of your pregame all throughout the day on Sunday. Kickoff at 8.20 p.m. Give them a call. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.